Welcome to the Superconscious Success Podcast, where Jen and her Superconscious Success family co-hosts bring you valuable content each and every week on topics relating to manifestation, spirituality, and most of all, using your superconscious to manifest success in all areas of your life. Now on to today's episode. Hey there, Superconscious Success fam. Welcome to another episode of my podcast where I connect with spiritual leaders, starseeds, and lightworkers to help you to connect with your higher self and source, to discover your truth, and to embrace the divine being you were designed to be. This podcast is aimed at helping you to discover the light both outside and inside you and eliminate the fear that our 3D reality and our ego insists on pushing onto us. Once we discover who we truly are and we live from a place of love rather than fear, then we can ascend into the higher dimensions. So in today's episode, I'm going to be speaking about a topic that I'm fascinated with and that I really love to talk about, and that is emotions. However, the conversation will be slightly different because emotions is one thing, but when you add the concept of the Enneagram with it, it has truly becomes something else. My guest today is Andrea Isaac, and she has developed a unique system which increases your emotional intelligence. Now, I'm excited to have Andrea on here to talk today. So hi, Andrea, how are you going? Hi, Jennifer. I'm great. Thanks. Wonderful to be here with you. Uh, thanks so much for being here with me today. I'm, I'm really I'm really excited to be talking about this topic. And before we do, I do want you to just give a little bit of an insight as to how you came to be so interested in, in emotions and in what you're doing today. Sure. Well, as a young person, I felt like I was a victim of my emotions. Mm -hmm. Things would happen and I would feel sad or hurt or I don't belong, all these sad, you know, feelings and they stuck and I didn't like them and I couldn't shift them. And mm -hmm. I was painfully shy and I didn't like that either. And over time, I learned uh, it was a series of things starting with embodying through my professional career as a choreographer and dancer, artistic director of my own company, embodying a range of emotion to communicate on stage. Mm -hmm. So it was an authentic and powerful uh, performance. Mm -hmm. And then I learned the Enneagram. And as I read about these different personality styles, Enneagram means nine, by the way, nine yes. different patterns of different combinations of gifts and challenges. I read about my type and I saw some nice things, some good things about my, my core type. And I saw these challenges that were predictable that other people like me had. The shadow sides, yeah. Finding myself. And so I wanted to dive just head in, just head first into learning the system. And it's great information. And I recommend it as a great, actually, introduction to the language of emotion. Yeah. And I wanted to embody it because I'm a kinesthetic learner and I was a mover and dancer. And I wanted to feel what it was like to be that confident, strong person, to be the peaceful person who listens to all perspectives, to be mm -hmm. the nurturer, to be... Yeah. All the qualities described so beautifully by the Enneagram, I wanted to embody it and learn it that way, and it didn't exist. So I created a system where we use movement to explore and embody the whole range of each personality style, the gifts, the challenges. And what happened next was two things primarily. One is it's a bone deep and lasting learning yep. because you're creating neural pathways for all those emotions. And the other thing that really surprised me is I started to change. I was no longer a victim of my emotions, stuck in my sadness. I had created the neural pathway for, for being uh, assertive, for standing up for myself, for finding my, for having a voice, knowing my dreams. You've got the word dream behind you. Yeah. Knowing my dreams, knowing I deserve them. Mm -hmm. 
yeah you okay. started to power up because you you became in tune with your emotions yeah um fantastic and we're going to go into that because emotions is such a big topic and and as I was talking to you before about how emotions play a big part in our vibration and it also plays a big part in our connection with our higher self our super conscious now I wanted to I wanted to talk a little bit uh to you about super conscious because um, to me, the superconscious is our connection to our higher self. The superconscious is that part of that part of us that that believes there is absolutely no wrong in us, that knows that we are whole and we are healed and and we are perfect just the way that we are. Um, what's your interpretation of superconscious? Well, I love yours. This is what <laughs> came to me in considering that word, and I'm loving that word. So, superconscious. I'll start with conscious. Yeah. You know, funny thing is about that word. Some in some languages, conscious means you're alive, you're breathing, mm-hmm. you're awake, and then unconscious is you're not awake or you're dead. Yep. <laughs> some languages don't have a word for what we, you and I interpret conscious to be because it's also being aware of who you're being, how you're being, who you're being. Yeah. So that's conscious, and adding super onto it was it was so thought provoking for me because it means there's something additional. There's something extra. Yes, it's your higher self. It's a higher power. Yes. But I was thinking in very practical terms, how do you be super conscious? Mm -hmm. Well, there's something addition, addition to just being aware. What is that? Oh, it's about how you're choosing to be. It's about having choices. Yes. But you know what? I could be very aware that I'm hurt and angry right now. I could be very mindful. And that, that is a way, a form of being conscious. I could, I could be aware that, you, you know, of, you know, take a stance about something you did or something mm-hmm. that happened. That could be conscious, but that's not what we mean. No. <laughs> so it's, and it's not just um, taking action. I think an important part about super conscious living is also taking action. But again, it's not, I'm taking action on my anger. That could mm-hmm. be super conscious in a way. I want to add this piece. And this is something where we resonate in the language before we really knew each other yeah. that we both share is taking action that supports, that reflects and honors your best and highest self. Yeah. It honors the best and highest of everyone involved for the best possible outcome. So for me, that is being super conscious. Oh, absolutely. And I love, and I love that. I love that whole interpretation of, of this terminology, because when I first, when I first decided to call my platform super conscious success, it was, it was all about, because I believe that I've been put here for the purpose of connection. Uh, that's what I'm, I'm a natural nurturer. I'm a natural connector. And so I know that my purpose is to help people to connect with their higher selves, to connect with source. They're feeling a little bit lost. They need to, you know, they want to be able to connect with that highest part of them, but also to connect with other people. And so it's, it's been, that's been a passion and a purpose of mine. And so when I, um, source gave me a tap over, over the head and said, you know, what you were doing, which was I was a naturopath, I was working online, I wrote eight books, I interviewed experts on topics of health and wellness. And then I got a tap and, and they said, uh, this isn't what you're supposed to be doing anymore. And the thing is, the higher self will get messages to you in ways that you may not understand. It's, it's like, why is this happening to me right now? Why do I feel like this? All of last year, I went through a dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a, a challenging year. And 
Um, but it awakens you to a place where you've dealt with those shadow sides. You've dealt with that inner child. You've you've dealt with with the part of you that is resisting your superconscious. It's resisting that higher part of you. And so, you know, so it was a it was a, a difficult but a great experience because it allowed me to deal with everything that was kind of like going on behind the scenes. But when your higher self has messages to give you, then things can change dramatically. Oh, yeah. and, and so I did a complete pivot in what I was doing. I gave it up. Like I said, I wrote eight books. I had all these contacts in the health and wellness field. But I completely, from one night to the next morning, I lost all motivation. I had, I had no interest whatsoever in continuing to do what I'm doing. And so then I went to the mindset field because I was interested in the subconscious, subconscious at that point you know, the whole mind and how the mind works and and emotions and positivity and optimism and all that sort of stuff. And then Source probably a year and a half later gave me another tap and I've come to the spirituality field where I feel like I'm most at home. Um, so I, I, love, I love it. I love connecting with the higher self. And I don't know about you, Andrea, but when you're connected and you get those downloads from your higher self, there is nothing better. There is nothing better than just being in the flow and knowing it. I just got goosebumps. Right. I know. Oh, I know. It's, it's just, it's just so, it's just so um so exciting to know that you can trust in something that everything's going to be okay. And even if things seem like they're tough, it's for the better good, it's for a purpose. And I always say our emotions um is an indicator as so it's a message for us to be able to for us to be able to see something it's a message for us to be able to grow so what when you look at emotions before we get into the enneagram and everything it's important for us to talk about firstly let's talk about energy because we know what energy is we know that we're all energy what's your definition of energy andrea (laughs) gosh there's so many things (laughs) i want to say what you've already said okay energy everything is energy so our emotions all have a different tone, a different pitch, a different energy, a different vibration. Mm-hmm. If I come in the room and I'm really excited and I'm about to tell you something, you'll feel that energy in me before I open my mouth. Yep. If I come in the room and I'm hurt and sad from a previous encounter, you'll feel that energy right away. Or if I'm mad at you, your mirror neurons in your brain pick up that energy. Mm-hmm. They do. So it's not, it's, it's palpable. Yeah. Like I got goosebumps when you were speaking. That's energy. That was yeah. exciting. That was connection and, and I got all lit up. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, this is really energy is related to what a lot of what you're saying, because I, I sort of in, inadvertently realized that what I'm after with my students and clients is for them to tap into their higher selves. Yeah. I hadn't aimed at that initially, but it's the outcome. And what I've learned is it is our emotions that often get in the way of listening to our absolutely absolutely there are so I love many that. reasons why that happens it could be as a, as a child a young girl or a young boy we were told a message oh i don't have time for that oh no you, you can't want that or who are you to want that yeah so yeah. you get these messages on a tabula rasa on a blank slate yeah and yeah. you don't know yet how you should be in the world and so you're told that your needs don't matter what you want doesn't matter who and then you imply well maybe i don't matter yeah. And a pathway that gets imprinted early in life that gets repeated. And just like your muscles get bigger and stronger when you work out, that neural pathway gets bigger and stronger every time that the message is repeated. 
And so years later, what happens is when you have a dream and you want to, or you want to know what your higher self is telling you is next for you, or what is your gift, what can, can happen, and I've seen it so often, is that voice of our inner longing, the voice of our higher self is smothered. Yes. It's smothered by, oh, you don't want that. If you want it, you'll just be disappointed. So don't want. I can't want. I don't want. I don't even know what I want. Yeah. And that's so this ego, this ego takes takes over, unfortunately, our egoic self, and it starts to diminish the the level of the noise that our higher self's trying to trying to send us. So I love that. I love how the, you said that. So we heal that wound. Mm. And if that wound doesn't heal, you won't hear the voice of your higher self or know your heart's longing or have the life you want. Yeah. So we heal that wound and then we create a new imprint, an empowering imprint, which was initially based on the Enneagram, mm-hmm. uh, which introduces the language of emotion in 18 different dimensions. I call it yeah. 18 because there are nine types and each one has a gift. That's nine. And then each one has a challenge. Mm-hmm. And that's not. When you learn how to embody all of that, what happens is you learn that you can choose your emotions. Mm-hmm. You learn how to create, how to strengthen the emotions that you want and how to lessen the grip that that ones that you don't want, that you can yeah. lessen the grip they have on you and you get emotional choice and emotional freedom so that you, and you, de- and all the stuff that's mothered down the voice of your heart's desire and your life purpose and your soul's longing is released and you hear and you listen to and you connect with your true heart's desire and who you really are and your higher self and all of that lines up and then you make choices on behalf of that and so um, uh, the Enneagram I could say a lot more about it but if it I find it a great introduction to the land to that language yeah and then we just that's just the beginning wow that's emotions is is such a such a big topic but it is something that uh, I know I know myself like I actually have a a segment on this podcast which is called the self-empowered empath because as an empath things can be a little bit a little bit tricky and a little bit chaotic with energy and so we're often we're often subjected to energy vampires and and people that drain you and so this is this is one one type of person if you are an empath this is one thing that you have to be constantly aware of is your emotions and and is this emotion mine or is it this other person's so is this energy mine or is it another person's and so it's about being that really self-aware as to how you are feeling and I often say that if you can tap into on a moment by moment basis recognizing that we are own we only ever have the present then you're able to stop worrying about the past past doesn't exist anymore stop worrying about the future because you know the future is undetermined we 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 only ever have the present and i think a lot of our emotions come from our constant thinking about something that's already happened or something that we perceive is going to happen so I think it's really important that if we can go moment by moment and go, how am I feeling right now? Tapping into that awareness. And dance is a fantastic way of doing this because I, I find that it's a great way of being able to release the emotions. Do you still do you still do dance now or? Well, yeah, I, I kind of move around in my living room some, <laughs> but, uh, you know, because of COVID, the world of, of dancing socially kind of broke down. I have a friend who enjoys tango as I do. We've done a little yeah. tango together. 
uh, I miss it dearly and want to, to get back to some form of social dancing again. I want to say, add a step to what you just said. Yeah. So yes, I love you, what you said about checking in with your emotions and how do I feel now? And a lot of people don't know how to do that. Yeah. So add a step. So I might like say if something happened and someone says, well, how do you feel? Well, I may not have words, but I might notice, and I invite all listeners to try this. Notice your body. Yeah. There's a term called somatic awareness. What's the, what is that? Somatic refers to your body, comes from the Greek word soma. And awareness is, of course, awareness of your body. And there's a value to that. And I'll get to that in a second. But what is it? What it is, is just the sensations in your body, like um, goosebumps. Oh, how that was a, that is a body sensation that gave me information mm-hmm. about how I feel. Yeah. Oh, something else happened. And I, I saw you when you came out of the Zoom link and I, I, I felt lit up. So that was a body experience, a somatic experience that mm-hmm. was information that I'm excited to see you. Mm-hmm. Uh, somatic experience, if you're confused or hurt or angry, or I might feel a pinch in my heart. Or I'm so nervous. It's like I'm shaking. Or you or get butterflies. Really My whole body's like in a vice grip. These are somatic expressions that tell you how you feel. Yeah, and absolutely. You earlier about trust. And, you know, that's a big emotion. That's mm. big and really important. And some people don't. Some people do and some yeah. people don't. But one of the things I train people in doing is finding it in their bodies, a sense of, Trusting themselves, it starts yeah. there. And trusting that you know how to discern what it feels like in your body when you're with someone who you know in your head you trust. Yeah. Memorize that feeling. And the next time when you're with someone else, notice your body, because now you know what it's like when you trust, when you're with someone you trust. Yeah. Now here's a new person. What is the energy in my body now? Well, it's kind of fluttering or it's gripping, or I feel like I did when I was with so-and-so. Yeah, all of that is information about can you who can you trust? Because I'm sure we all have people in our world that we can trust and and have every right to trust and some that aren't so trustworthy. Yeah. And I think that I think that we get a sixth sense sometimes around a person. It's about using your intuition. And we've heard that. And there have been there have been moments where I've come into contact with somebody and being an empath, I pick up on energies very easily. And I've gone, there's something about this person that does not sit right with me. And I'm the sort of person I I pretty much I pretty much love everybody. That's just that's just how I am. But if I feel like something's not not right, then I kind of like I know straight away. It's like an instant thing. And so I think you do have to use those those feelings that you're feeling when you come around somebody and like you said if you're feeling nervous then you might feel those butterflies we've often felt those butterflies in our gut when when we're nervous or you know when we're about to go on our first date or whatever it is and that's a signal from our from our body as to how we're what our emotions are and yeah, you know the thing about choosing your emotions is if and the value of somatic awareness is when you're feeling say that nervousness whether it's mm. the first date or speaking on a stage to 500 people and you're nervous the value of somatic awareness is once you notice, oh, my knees are shaking, my whole body's shaking. <laughs> once you notice the energy in your body, you can actually change the energy in yep. your body. You can, can cause the, the butterflies to settle down or it could give you, a, like say, going on a date, feeling your feet on the ground and standing in the, in the strength of just your physical presence. Yeah. It'll relax the tension. And then you're just standing in the truth of who you are. So somatic awareness is valuable for shifting the experience in our body, which does shift. Yep. 
we, how we think, what we feel, and how you how we respond to whatever happens next. Exactly, and I think and I think that that's really important because so many of us get caught in this victimization trap where where we feel like we have no control we feel like everything's against us and we don't you know it's not fair life's not fair why is this happening to me but once you start to trust in yourself you trust in your higher self you know that everything's um, working for you and not against you you can move yourself away from that victimization away from that um that fear which I think fear is one of the biggest emotions that I think in today's society, especially since COVID, um, has just gone rampant. Um, I know, I know, my dad. It's it's interesting because my dad he's always been what my husband would call like a an angel. Like he's always been so positive and optimistic, and and just one of these sort of people. But since COVID came around, he's got this fear in him that I've never seen before, because mm. he's he's like. Uh, almost 70 and you know he's he's worried that my nan's in hospital she's 96 he's worried that something's going to happen to her if he gets COVID and then trans like sends it on and all that sort of stuff but there's this level of fear since COVID started that I think is taking a grip on people and and so if we can transmute that into a positive emotion um, by trusting and trusting that all's going to be okay and trusting in ourselves and our higher self and not allowing our our ego's um, illusion of fear to take us over then i think we can start to embody that that true part of us yeah and it takes courage to move through all the changes and the challenges that we've had it takes courage a lot of courage and and also um we we can't change covid no it's here but we can change how we respond to it and how we live our lives and yeah. for i mean we all know the word pivot now <laughs> yeah. you've done it <laughs> yeah. exactly and, you know and that means doing something new you haven't done before mm-hmm. and that means change and yeah. a lot of people have you talk about fear that's another place fear shows up when change happens you want change and and you know you do and you feel and the feelings are there and you know it here and you know it here but you're not acting on it that's because yeah. you have to step up comfort zone yeah and and so many of us stay in a safe place because it's so much easier to stay where we feel safe than to maybe move towards the direction that's ultimately going to take us to our highest our our best place and so you know if you if you can if you can learn to trust that higher self trust source and know that it's going to try and take you on the path of least resistance um if you don't fight against it and sometimes I think our life is so busy. We're constantly moving. Very few people take time to actually quiet their mind and quiet themselves enough to hear some of the messages that are trying to be sent through to them. And and the same with emotions. Sometimes people are so busy, they just kind of like just just go with the flow. If I'm angry, I'm angry because this person did this to me. But they don't take time to deeply reflect and go, why is what this person did actually affecting me? Why has it triggered me so much? You know, and that's the thing. It's it's a message to say, okay, wake up. This this emotion is a message to say, okay, wake up. Why is what they doing, that person doing, triggering you to feel like this? Mm-hmm. What have they said to you that's triggered you? What have they done that's triggered you? And once you do that, you can start to discover who you truly are. It's it's like a building blocks. 
Yeah. And also we discover our earliest wounds because those biggest triggers almost always come from those early wounds. And again, if we don't know them and heal them, then those triggers will keep happening in current life when they, the the wound that hurt wasn't so big. It was a little thing, but the reactivity is strong because the neural pathway is so strong because it's so old. Absolutely. And this is why inner child healing is so important because once you can heal that inner child, the, all those emotions that have come up, um, even even in past lives, there there are emotions that come through from past lives as well if we haven't dealt with them, and especially big ones like guilt and shame and and those sort of emotions can come from many many eons ago, or it can come from childhood where you were told that you weren't good enough, where you were told that you did something bad, where you were told that you know you should be ashamed of yourself. How many times have we heard that? So. But it's it's something that if we don't deal with that inner child, that hurt child, um, that it keeps going on and on and on throughout your entire lifetime. It creates what I call the whammies. And yeah. then if you don't deal with it, the whammies are in your life, not you. Yeah, absolutely. And it just builds. And so this is why inner child healing is so important. Now, emotions, we know how important they are. Now we've spoken about how how important it is for us to be able to learn to manage our emotions, to learn to transmute them into more positive because we can feel we can feel sad. And I've always said to my kids, I've said, being happy is a choice. And it's a choice that you make every single day. So you get up in the morning and you go, how am I going to feel today? And you have a choice. I can feel sad today or else I can try and be grateful for something and try and transmute that into something that's happy and higher vibe. And I'm not saying that you're going to always be like that because things pop up, mm-hmm. things trigger mm-hmm. you, and mm-hmm. you may be angry. And it's okay because every emotion's okay. Yeah. And what, we do, is- what we do with them is yeah. really look at what we can change. Exactly. So every you you remind me of my choice program, which is leading people to towards on that on that journey towards knowing how to choose, not just knowing that you can, but knowing how. Absolutely. I want to be happy today. I may maybe I'm hurt and angry, but I don't want to yell at you. I want to really feel my connection with you and talk about what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that that's the thing. It's like we make these choices. Things are not out to get us. It is, it is about, and, and when we feel this, it's a chance for us to learn about ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's a chance for us to really dig deep. And this is what I went through last year. It was, it was about really learning about the connection with, with me and the connection with why, you know, I mean, I was, I was bullied quite badly as a kid and, you know, a whole heap of stuff, abusive relationships, narcissistic relationships, all sorts of things I went through in, in my life, which have all been there for a purpose, by the way. They've all been there to help me to become powerful, to help me to stand in my in my own, to discover my true identity. And I think that once you can actually tap into that, then every day that you get up, you can make that choice. And you can go, look, I can spend the whole day being angry and and going over what somebody said to me, or I can decide not to give them that power. Because the moment you give your power away to somebody, that's what it does yeah you've (laughs) lost that connection you've lost that connection and so we have the choice and as hard as it is sometimes we have to go you know what no matter what things throw at me and it takes a lot of work doesn't it Andrea it takes a lot of work to get to this place Mm -hmm. 
you know, to get to the place that you can say that. The most important thing is really wanting it. Mm -hmm. When you are motivated to change it, to have that happy, fulfilling, abundant, joyful life, that's motivation. And And it's not just like meditating on it and writing your affirmations and all of that. It's taking action on behalf of it. Yeah, it's living that. When we leave out that step, which is common, when we leave out that step, we don't move towards our dreams. You don't, we're not listening to our, we might be listening to our higher self, but we're not acting in accordance to what we're hearing. Yeah. That's also. Yeah. And so it's, you know, what is holding us back? And it's, uh, you know, stepping across the edge of our comfort zone and all of our dreams. And I love that word behind, on the wall behind you. (laughs) All of our dreams live outside the edge of our comfort zone. So it takes the courage, it it takes wanting it and taking action and actually embodying that next version of who you are, whatever that is. Exactly. And I think that when we're in childhood, we're often, I don't know about you, but when I was in school and that, how many times were we told to stop dreaming? How many times were we told to stop daydreaming because it's it's a waste of time, you should be focused on this? Yet daydreaming is so important. Knowing what what your your desires and your visions and 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 that are is so important and yet it's knocked out of us from early on in life right it's not encouraged yeah it's not encouraged and so kids don't grow up believing I mean you look at little kids they run around acting like superman and and you know princesses and um but then it's knocked out of them to the point that they they start thinking oh well it's pointless dreaming so I'll just go out and I'll just I'll just do what I'm supposed to be doing. And they forget that they're in control of their lives. They're in control of what what comes. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's a life is a lifelong journey. And life is an unfolding journey. <laughs> absolutely. So so now we know about emotions. We've spoken about them. There's so many big ones. Um, but can you go into the Enneagram for me? Superconscious Success fam, thanks so much for joining me in this interview. And I'm just taking a short break in the interview just to let you know about an exciting offer that I have for you. I'm just in the process of building the Superconscious Success Inner Circle, which is going to be a free membership that you're going to be able to get access to which is going to eventually once I've got it all built up include courses and and exclusive content and a whole heap of other stuff that's going to be available for you to help you to expand that consciousness and to come into your power and it'll include content from all of my different segments from super conscious success your spiritual shift raising a conscious human and also peace and prosperity. And you'll include content from all of that, as well as the self-empowered empath, higher self-mastery, and a whole heap of other different collaborations and projects I have on the go. However, to get this free membership, you do need to go and sign up. So if you go to superconscioussuccess.com slash inner circle, you can sign up absolutely free for it. As the content builds and I reach a thousand subscribers, I will then be making it a premium product, which means that you will no longer get it for free. It will be a monthly charge. But if you get in now and you get into the free membership, then you will have that free for life. So head across now as we're in the building phase and you'll start to get more and more awesome content um, flowing in. And yeah, so head on over there now, superconscioussuccess.com slash inner circle. Now let's head on back to the uh, let our listeners know what the Enneagram is, and then we're going to go into a few of the different types. So to describe it, you want me to go around the whole circle? Yeah, just just explain what the purpose of the Enneagram is, and then just some 
Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's a first and foremost, it's a symbol. It's yeah. a circle, a triangle, and what I call a six-pointed star that connects all these other points. Mm-hmm. So there's nine points on the circle, and each point has a number and a name. And um, in my opinion, each type has uh, a gift and a challenge. And what I love about the Enneagram is how you can embody more of the gifts and less of the challenges of all of them. And when you see that picture, which you can see in my quiz, when you see the picture of how much and how little you have of all of it, it's a holistic view of who you're being. And then you can ask yourself, well, who do I want to be? And you're able, you have a map of the change Mm -hmm. in your life. So I'll start with number one called the perfectionist. The gift (laughs) is the grace of going forward, doing things well, not just well, doing them perfectly. Yeah. Has a sense of an integrity and alignment with your thoughts, feelings, and actions being aligned and taking action, taking right action. Mm-hmm. And the challenge is really the gift gone wrong. It's too much of a good thing. Yeah. So it's striving so hard for perfection that you get so harsh on yourself if you make the slightest little error. It's just a hair less than perfect. And you beat you say, yourself that up. That wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. That was wrong. That was bad. And then you start judging others. That was wrong. That was bad. You should do it better. You start yeah. shooting on people. Yeah. <laughs> So that's the gift and the challenge there. Type two, the gift is that sense to nurture. And you described yourself Mm -hmm. as being a real nurturer. And that means knowing what other people need and being there to provide it and being Mm -hmm. of service to others. And the challenge is too much of a good thing. Giving so much that you're less aware aware of what you need. Mm, And so you're not taking care of yourself. And you don't ask for what it is because you may not have asked yourself. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. then- in the way that you think they should be so it's learning really how to um, go inside ask yourself what you want make the request and to let yourself receive yeah that's always been my that's always been my struggle and I think being and being an empath too it's always been about you know I've got an 18 and a 20 year old and Mm. so it's been about my kids for 20 years it's all been about my kids you You get to ask yourself now, now it's now after last year after last year and I started to reflect internally and I just started going no it's time for me to think about me it's time for me to focus on me because they're old enough they can actually they're self-sufficient and um and my husband's been saying it for a long time you need to start to focus on you because yeah no he's very supportive of that and and he says you know you have you have the right to you know, to be focusing on you, you have the right to spend time on yourself. And so, yeah, so that is a big problem with the nurture because we we worry about other people. We are so concerned about how other people's lives are and that they're happy. This is what I learned to realise is that we mm-hmm. can't make anybody else happy. Right. No matter what we do, we cannot make people happy. As a nurturer, it's natural for us to want other people to be happy. It's natural mm-hmm. for us to want them to, to, you know, to feel good. But when you do that, what I found, at least personally in my in my situation, is you stop the other person from going through the experiences that they need to go through. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is the thing as a nurturer. We we are very, we're very loving and we're very caring, but at the same time, we forget to love ourselves. Yeah. And we forget good. to focus on that. So nur- being a nurturer is great, but the the shadow side, of course, is, and this is what you have to work through, is start to focus on on you and and your desires and your needs because that's important. So that's number two. What have we got for number three? Three, three is the achiever, and they're the ones who know they have a dream. There's no doubt they deserve it, 
They know what it's going to take and they'll do the steps this in the right sequence and take action and they will accomplish what they set their minds to. Yep. They achieve, they're the get it doneers. And the challenge is they overdo their gift, which is doing, 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 doing. So instead of being a human being, mm -hmm. there is a human doing and they can tend to push away people because they just want to stay on track and they feel yeah. they'll lose the focus if you bother me. So don't bother me. And it can't come across as if they have no compassion. Yeah. And they get competitive about the results and, and, and so on. They want to be seen as the one who accomplished so much. Yeah. These are the people that believe that they have to be busy all the time to actually be productive. These, these are the people that are like, I've got to go, 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 because they want to achieve so much. And, yeah, and sometimes it can kind of go a bit, a bit astray right. and relationships can... The, the gift for all of us in that one, though, is we all should, should, could take a lesson from how much they do believe oh, in themselves. Yeah. Absolutely. Believe in their dreams. And that's a message for all of us that we can believe in ourselves and believe in our dreams and go for them and yeah. make them happen. Yeah, so I that's love the that. Gift for all of us. All the types have a gift for all of us. Yeah. Type four is often called the individualist. They Some of their gifts include this emotional depth and breadth, and they experience some, the emotional life fully. You know, the highest highs and also the lowest lows, mm -hmm. which, of course, leads to one of the challenges. It's going too far with the lows and going deeper, deeper, deeper. And the heavy emotions have weight and they pull you down like gravity. And then you get stuck like Velcro or like you're in mud and it's hard yeah. to get out. So that's their challenge. So one of the things that we do in our work together is we we like just throw get rid of that old story. We get rid of it. We feel yep. it. And then we get rid of it. And then there's space, internal space for a new story. Mm -hmm. The gift of the four is also this abundant creativity, which you dampen down when you get stuck in the dark emotions. Yeah. But when you when you unleash that and you uh, and you have that space inside, the abundant creativity, thinking outside the box, creative problem solving, new ways of living life, all mm -hmm. of that is part of the gift when they heal their wounds. Beautiful. Type five, often called the observer. Their gifts okay. include like just observing and taking in the details of everything mm -hmm. and also choosing a topic that could seem very esoteric and delving into researching and diving, diving, diving deep into the bottom of fully understanding this eccentric body of knowledge and yeah. then connecting it to another kind of eccentric or unusual body of knowledge and combining the two in these unusual ways to create some new concepts. Oh, okay. <laughs> And talking about it so clearly so the lay person can understand. Wow. So they, they <laughs> tend to be like the, the inventors and the researchers yeah. and that sort exactly. of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And innovators. Yeah. Innovators. Combine, yeah. Especially with other, when all the, some of the scores interact, like the five and the four, there would be a lot of creativity yep. in their inventions, a lot of newness. Um, their challenge, though, is their gift gone too far and they focus so much that they forget there's a world or there yeah. people out. or I have a body and I haven't fed or watered it all day. Yep. And they just forget and they can get remote and, uh, and detached from the world. Yeah. Wow. So, That's, and and we have known, we have known people like that. And the interesting thing that we need to remember is that we all have all of these in us. And so I think that I think that it's about really tapping into, as you said before, Andrew, it's really tapping into the strengths of these um, yes. of these different types, and then also work on the shadow side or or the the side of us that that we can kind of get dragged into the challenges, yeah. as you call them. Yeah. Yeah. So well, you know, the funny thing about that is 
this is just so fascinating to me when we go into the, and we do go into the dark shadow of each yeah. type and what happens first there's resistance and, you know, yeah. people mm-hmm. want to go there, but it's an exercise to learn emotional flexibility. Yeah. What really the magic of it is when you come out of it, we always come out of it and never leave people down in the dumps. Yeah. When we come out of it, what happens is a deeper passion, recognition and desire to embody the higher side of that type. Yeah, absolutely. Let's say we're just talking about five. Let me go further with type five. If I were to go in the shadow and really feel that isolation and that disconnection, and we turn up the volume and exaggerate whatever it is, if I really, and then you know it, you get this sense of, oh, that's what it feels like when I get isolated and I cut people off. You are so motivated to not be that. Yeah. When we shift out of it, it's what, oh, I open to the world and let myself be seen. Yeah. And how they come out of it. Yeah, myself and my one of my collaborators, Eleni, we're actually creating a program called Higher Self Mastery. And so this is really about teaching people how to connect with that higher part of them. And one of the things that um, I teach throughout that program is actually about the shadow side. It's actually about learning to love the shadow side for the purpose that if you don't, then what happens is you resist it. And it and it makes it hard for you to actually be able to move through that shadow. Right. And so recognize that the shadow is there to teach you something about yourself, to help mm-hmm. you to grow. And mm-hmm. so I think that's really important. So I love how you say that you go deep into the shadow and you really allow them to like totally expand it, to really um, exaggerate it to the point that it wakes us up because sometimes we don't realize what's actually going on. And so, yeah, I love how I love how you do that. I think that's fantastic. So that's number five. What do we got for number six? <laughs> six the loyalist or the trooper, a value that they hold so high is trust. We were talking about that earlier. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to see someone's emotional mastery blueprint. My work, by the way, is emotional mastery, relationship mastery, and life mastery. Nice. So it's another thing that we share. So when I see someone's blueprint and I can see that they either are very trusting yeah. People, they trust themselves, they trust each other, they trust life, they trust God, they just trust. Trust, yeah. You know, who is trustworthy? They have a, an attendant to know who is trustworthy. And some people don't. No. And when I see that score low and that they don't trust it, oh my, like I would say all the time, like 100% of the time, I've not seen an exception to this yet. When that score is low, it points to something that was early in life that literally broke trust. Yeah. And you couldn't believe in trust for good reason where people you were around may not have been trustworthy. And yes. so that neural pathway to not trust is really strong. You know, the gift though, is when they're healthy, when they have that score, it, the way they trust and their commitment to whoever they are, whoever they've committed to or an organization or a function or a, a passion, their commitment is solid. Mm-hmm. They're working old and they are so committed and loyal. You'll find nothing else like it. Yeah. The dark shadow is feeling the broken side of that when it's not the disappointment. Yeah. Well, and the inability to, to the trust. inability because of it, the disappointment. I mean, that's a mild word. It's like it's terrorizing yeah. when you was like a girl or boy and you can't trust mom or dad. It's like that's frightening as can be, and it's oh, the only safe thing is to not trust. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's so a hard that's place to be in life because then you then you are. You know, you constantly doubt every person that comes comes across you. That's the problem when you when you get to that place that you don't trust. So I suppose that could be a shadow side is learning how to trust again. 
and recognizing yeah, exactly. that just because maybe your mum or your dad let you down or or whatever. And I think too, also, um, you know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with figuring out, okay, or recognizing that whatever happened was not because of you because a lot of the time in this situation they take the blame and the shame upon themselves and so I think that's that's a deep learning process too so that's number six one of the beautiful things that happens in the healing is they finally are able to access their higher self yeah and then I talk to their higher self on behalf of them and get beautiful downloads from their higher self about exactly what that person needs to hear yeah and, and that's so the great beautiful. thing. That's the great thing when you can when you can tap into that higher self. And and like you said, if, if they are unable to do it at that point in time because they're kind of stuck and they're still healing, um, then we can do that on behalf of them and get these messages that that come through. So um, that's really important. So what have we got for number seven? Seven, often called the enthusiast. They have this enthusiasm <laughs> for life and for ideas and possibilities and yeah. options. What else could we do? And yeah. where else can we go? And what else can I be? So they have this uh, a lust for life and a passion to consume as much life as possible. Yep. And um, they are also great out of the box thinkers. It's like there's no lid on what they let themselves think about. Yeah, so the big dreamers, big dreamers. They're great brainstormers. Yeah. They're uh, and, and they're uh, the glasses. The glasses always have full. They are the eternal optimist. Yeah. And any challenge that comes their way, they'll just reframe it until, oh, okay, well, now I get to do this. So they're great reframers. And yeah. their challenge, again, is the gift gone wrong. It's mm-hmm. so many ideas. There's so many possibilities. And every moment, I just don't know what to do. And I get scattered and I can't choose what to do. And so I get nothing done. This is this is another type of mind that I've that I've had to had to deal with is I've got so many ideas. And I'm so enthusiastic about them all. And so you do have to get to that place where you go, okay, let's narrow it down. Let's figure out what are we going to focus on right now? Because it's great to have lots of ideas and be enthusiastic and to love what you're doing. But at the same time, you've got to finish those projects. You've got to complete what you're doing. I, I always guide my clients and students to a mantra, a word or phrase, and a body position, a mudra. Yep. that carry the same message that help you embody how to shift that whammy, that challenge. Yep. Mm-hmm. So one of my sevens came up with this mantra and mudra. I stop, commit, and wait, I stop. Oh, I stop, choose, and commit. Oh, I nice. stop, choose, and commit. And he felt it in his body. <laughs> and then he started, he would stop, choose, and commit. Oh, and then he, kind of, then he knew what to focus on. He didn't yeah. have a good score. He knew what to focus on. And then his achiever score went up. Nice. all. Okay, so that's seven. Uh, two more. Eight. Their gift is the ability to take a stand, to be naturally confident, and to speak up about who they are, where they stand, where you stand with them. And there's, um, and they just tell you. They they're very clear about their thoughts, their feelings, and they just act. Mm-hmm. They may act first and think about consequences later, <laughs> <laughs> but they are action oriented. They are probably the most uh, extroverted of all the types. Um, one, they, that, I talk about energy. That energy used to scare me so much because I was so not that. Yeah. However, in doing this work and learning that I can experience that much energy yep. and the cells in my body won't explode, <laughs> yep. I have come to love the clarity of that because it is, it's clear. This is where I stand. Yeah, they know who they are, like 100%. Yeah. They stand in their power. And they don't allow, because I think something that we can get 
um, engrossed in is worrying so much about what other people think of us. And mm-hmm. when we do that, it takes away our power because it's exactly. like we're constantly worried about, oh, what are they thinking about me right now? No, you be confident as to who you are. You know who you Just are. You don't have to worry you. about that anymore. Just be you. Mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Love yep. it. And their challenge, of course, is they uh, because their power gets so big that they start to control because they want yeah. things a certain way. And the controlling can lead to anger and having a short fuse. Mm-hmm. So it's because of having some of that in my life and having been challenged by how to yeah. deal with that. One of the things I love to teach is the five C's of a difficult conversation oh. because, uh, you know, ace can push your button. Any type can push your buttons. Yeah. But the way, uh, yeah, I've learned a lot about how to remain calm and to feel that amount of energy. Yeah. It, and, and we can't do that. It's possible to be both, to be kind and calm. And to hold your ground and to speak up for who you are, because you have a right to your feelings and your feelings yeah. are right, something wrong with how you're feeling. Yeah. And address them in a strong, solid way that eights do so beautifully. There are oh. also one more thing about eights and we'll go on to nine. They're, they, it also means a lot to them to empower others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's one of their most endearing qualities that the, the way they uplift other people mm-hmm. is so endearing and beautiful and empowering. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that type, and I think that if we can, if we can learn to to um, to grow that part of us, because like we said, we are we embody every single one of these, but mm-hmm. some of them tend to be um, higher up on the scale than others, mm-hmm. and so you know, and can this change um, between like from from different times in your life? Can it change between types or? Or are we specifically like one or two main types and then we just branch off into the others? Well, it's a, the, the common theory is that you have a core type that does mm-hmm. not change. Okay. However, in my opinion, the amount of the gifts and the challenges you have in all areas will change. Yeah. So as we grow and we learn things about ourselves we may not like, we can change them. Yes. Like if you maybe change your impatience to patience or whatever. You can change certain things. And so your blueprint changes, you know, how yeah. much and how of everything the challenge of your core type tends to be the hardest thing to change it tends to be your biggest life lesson yeah and that's the thing that's me being a nurturer that's never going to change I'm an empath I'm always going to have that sort of that side to me but I have spent a lot of time working on that um, because I think with the nurturer the the self-worth and that can be a bit low um, because they don't put time into themselves. And so it's something that I've had to work on throughout my lifetime <laughs> to, to build on that. And I think it's, and, and also to build on the other shadows. So, yeah, so I love what you say. I think that, I think we have one core type, but then we can build on each of the other kind of qualities. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and learn how to stop the challenge. For yeah. instance, as a seven, the one that gets scattered all the time, for them to learn how to choose. Yep. First of all, to stop, just to learn how to stop, to physically embody what that means. Yep. To learn how to stop, to learn how to choose. And these are things that are actually easy to learn and easy to change yeah. when you know how. I've, I've loved uh, what I've known about neuroscience oh, and the ability yeah. to create new neural pathways because it makes all of this change so much easier and faster and lasting. It does. So one more time. Yeah. What have we got for the last one? Yes. Peacemaker type nine is the peacemaker (laughs) who values peace among all else. That's the highest value is inner peace. It's it's peace between them and and any other individual between them and a group, between other people in a group, even if they're not part of that group, that quality of peace is pervasive. 
Mm-hmm. And the gift, of course, is that's what they bring. And they can see all sides to an argument. They could see and understand all perspectives. Mm. And also, because they're often called the mediator, they can naturally and easily help people who disagree see each other's point of point view, of view. Mm. and come to a common understanding and, and resolve conflict. That's a beautiful gift of the peacemaker. And their challenge is the gift gone wrong, meaning in order to get along, they'll let go of what they want because, yeah. oh, we'll just do what you want. You know, it'll make you, we'll just do it your way or we'll just do it. And then they start to feel like no one cares what I want. Yeah. And no I think cares. I think that the peacemaker and the nurturer tend to tend to come into thing with each other sometimes because I think you know, they share saying, that, that whammy about not knowing what you want, not asking for what you want, not getting it because you don't know what it is. Exactly. And don't ask for it. <laughs> wow that's that's a lot of a lot of information a lot of different types and I think I think what's really what's really fun about this is just being able to go okay because we know people that are probably in every single one of these categories that have yeah. core that have core um enneagrams of each of these but mm-hmm. it's what I've loved as I've learned more about the enneagram is being able to really figure out okay how can I learn to move out of um, like to build upon um, that shadow side and to and to really work through those challenges as I go through life so and that that's what we're here for we're here to grow we're here to expand and we're here to recognize that you know life's life's a journey that we're that we're supposed to we're on this planet to have a good time but also to expand our consciousness. So, um, wow, that is a lot of information you've given to us today, Andrea, and I have thoroughly enjoyed it because you're an absolute shining light. I've, I've loved having you here today. Well, thank you so much. I love how our the crossovers between yeah, our work. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's I think it's really important for us to. Uh, for us to tap into, I love that that you're so passionate about superconscious. I love your your whole definition of the of the superconscious and how we can learn to to embody our our true being and and to be that higher version of ourselves. So before we do go though, because I do respect your time, can you please explain to us? You did mention a minute ago about your choice program. Um, can you explain what what you have available and how people can get in touch with you? Absolutely. Thank you. So yes, the choice program, uh, it teaches you to how to expand your emotional options, mm-hmm. how to be more flexible in the ones you in being able to choose and how to choose. Knowing that you can is a step, but you learn how to choose because you learn how to create the neural pathway for a whole new range of emotions. Yeah. Uh, choice is an acronym. I won't go into explaining that anymore, but that's a program I have. A nice. great first step though, is to take my EQ quiz. Yeah. It's the first part of the emotional mastery toolkit. And so when I when you take get take the quiz and you get your blueprint, you see what I was talking about, how much and how little you have of the gifts in all areas of the Enneagram. And you get with your blueprint and interpretation guide. So you mm-hmm. have a sense of what all those numbers mean. And it's a yeah. pie chart. You get a sense of what each bar means. And then there's a four minute video on what is emotional mastery. And then there's the whammies webinar <laughs> where I talk about the challenges of each of the types and the combination of, of whammies, mm. combination of challenges that um, make change, that make it, make it seem like change is difficult. In my opinion, change can be easy. Yeah. When, wow. And I have found some tips about making that bone deep and lasting. Wow. And the quiz is at 
eqquiz.com. eqquiz.com. Yep. Fantastic. I will I will have it in the show notes for everybody to, to be able to go and check that out. And um, I never had a chance before I got on the call to do it, but I'm going to head across and, and do it today so I can find out awesome. my own my own thing. And then I'll let you know, Andrea. I'll let you know what, what comes up. So well, let's um, talk about it. I'd love to do an EQ quiz assessment with you. That would be would awesome. That. that would be awesome. Okay, fantastic. And what is your website, Andrea? It's my name, Andrea hyphen isaacs.com awesome well thank you so much for being here with us today andrew my headphones keep falling off but um i've really enjoyed it and i know that we've brought a lot of value to our audience thank you so much it's been wonderful being here with you thanks for having me thank you